Welcome to CTO Confessions with TC Gill. Brought to you by IT Labs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of CTO Confessions is brought to you by the one and only IT Labs, providing technology leaders with purpose-driven development teams for high-performance, innovation and productivity. What more could you want? Please think of us like tech leaders' favourite off-the-shelf service, providing quality, high-performing teams off that shelf. And your host today is me, TC Gill, IT Labs' Chief Talking Officer, and I'm speaking from London, UK. And in this episode, we're talking to a tech leader with a passion, a passion about turning academic ideas to proof of concepts to business ecosystems to serve the needs of businesses out there using blockchain technologies and IoT. And our guest is McKelly. So let's not delay any further. Let's get him into the space to share his enlightening stories and knowledge. Welcome, McKelly. Welcome to CTO Confessions podcast. Thank you for having me. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Who are you and what do you do? Like you said, my name is Michele. Uh, I work uh, in London. Uh, I'm based in London, but I moved here almost uh, 12 years ago, uh, 13 years ago. Uh, I work with the Hayata Foundation, which is a non-for-profit organization building a distributed ledger technology. It's an evolution of blockchain you might be familiar with. Yes. And uh, before that, uh, my journey was uh, all over Internet of Things. I started my PhD uh, working on wireless sensor network, what is now Internet of Things. But back then, we didn't have the Internet connectivity. We have just wireless connectivity with other devices and uh, the ability of sensing the environment. I did a PhD on that uh, back in 2003. I uh, started my my PhD and uh, uh, from University of Rome, uh, La Sapienza. Uh, after that, I uh, became a postdoc uh, at the University of Surrey here in, uh, in England. That's why I moved to, to England. And I continue research uh, Internet of Things and especially uh, not only the connectivity side where I was working when I was during uh, my uh, PhD student uh, study, but mainly I focus on the data side, start to understand what uh, sensing from the environment uh, yes. tell us, especially sensing from a personal Internet of Things device, tell about, about people, about uh, personal our behavior, our habits. I mainly focus on the energy, uh, environment, uh, environmental energy uh, detection from uh, houses, how energy is spent by different person, different uh, household. And try to learn using machine learning and using uh, uh, other techniques uh, to extract patterns uh, from this and creating feedback loop that that says people uh, how they should be more energy conscious. From there, I start to realize that most of this data, Internet of Things data, especially if they are connected to devices that are wearable, devices that we carry around or that tell us pattern like energy consumption in the house, are very personal, very uh, sensitive. They need to be protected, especially uh, in terms of. Uh, uh, privacy, uh, data protection. So I start to look more into uh, this field of uh, of research and field of uh, work. And then I moved to work for uh, an organization here in London, which is called Digital Catapult, which mm-hmm. helps small and medium enterprise to grow their business uh, on behalf of the government, UK government. And the idea was actually to lead them into better manage and extract value from data when it's about data to protect privacy of this data. So I, I act as a mm-hmm technologies, uh, lead technologies for uh, personal data and trust. And this is where I start my journey into uh, blockchain technology distributed ledger as a way to decentralize this trust, remove a central authority that gives people uh, and users trust uh, across data, controlling data, but creating silo of data. 
toward a more decentralized way of dealing with trust. And this is where I also came uh, across with this new technology, IOTA, which is actually a distributed ledger for especially designed for Internet of Things. So this combined wow. my two passion from my study, from my PhD up to my uh, professional career. So and that was the time when I joined IOTA uh, Foundation back in 2018. Love it. I love the convergence. I love this. The, the, the three, the, you know, your IOT, uh, your PhD. I'm always interested when things merge together, you know, th- kind of passions merge. Was that emergence of these two things, the merging of all these three things, something that was already out in the market? Or is it something that you saw a gap and you thought this needs to be filled? Uh, I think it came quite natural. And actually looking back, I think it was a very good progress because I start from... <laughs> the source where data don't exist. Uh, and this was actually the challenge back then. So when we, I started my PhD, uh, it was very difficult to have sensor. We have SCADA system in the past. We have uh, PLC control line where all is wired, but yeah, it's not so pervasive. And then the challenge back then was actually, okay, now we have sensor, we have devices that consume very little energy. We start to have wireless connectivity that will be more ubiquitous in future. We didn't know yet there. And they said, but we need to collect this data. We don't know what this data are about. And, and that's where I focus. And then by, by growing, the, also the data that were available start to grow and the opportunity to collect this data start to grow. And then there was another challenge, another issue. <laughs> now we need to give a meaning of this data. And that's also where I, I move probably at the same time or a bit ahead of the market because I was still in academia doing this, I start to see, okay, there will be an explosion of big data. Now the data will be collected, but let's start to see what are the tools that allow us to, to gather knowledge, extract knowledge from the data. And uh, yeah, that, that worked pretty well in line with what uh, the market was about to offer. And that's probably when I joined this organization, Digital Catapult in London. I was already ahead of time because uh, I start already from academic experience to start to look into the issue that now all the aggregation of this data can can lead. And it was even before the uh, GDPR and compliance with this start to emerge. GDPR is uh, went into force. Uh, later uh, in 2016, I started to talk about, 2018 was enforced. And I started to work as a technologist for personal data and trust, digital trust in 2015. So <laughs> it managed to, to be quite uh, ahead of time. And uh, these days now we have data, we somehow have regulation that are protecting this, we have to stick to them. And then we have to look now for what are the technologies that allow that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing now these days in uh, in IOTA, try to combine the two worlds and now start to, to merge and get together. So the centralized distributed trust with the, the need of now reconcile uh, different data and bring together with, in a way that is trusted by, by the, the final end users and the, who is producing this data. So I think it was for me a natural progress because I can see how I went from... Uh, let's say the bottom of the uh, of the stack of collecting data up to the top of exploiting and using this data and in between putting uh, the glue that gives the trust. Uh, but I think it's also where, where the market at the same time and the same absolutely. time went. So yeah, absolutely. It's wonderful. And what I'm curious as to what kind of people are your kind of end clients? Uh, what do they look like? I mean, I can imagine there's lots of them, you know, governments, uh, environmental agency, what have you. What are the typical customers that you're working with at the moment? Yeah, uh, we are organized, let's say, in a sector. Uh, 
Although we think like everybody else that uh, uh, ledgers and distributed ledger and blockchain are the solution to, to many problems, almost all problem in the world. Where <laughs> <laughs> there is a problem, technology problem, a, a blockchain can play a role. Uh, our focus is mainly on the convergence between uh, IoT data, especially large volume, uh, large uh, speed of uh, data sharing. Uh, so in the IoT world, so mainly we are focusing on the IoT world, but we also look into the three specific uh, sector and domains. So we are mainly focused on supply chain and um, as well global trade, import export. So we, we try to interact with organizations that try to solve this problem or face this problem, like provenance of uh, uh, goods and product up to from the creation up to the distribution with the customer. So it can be any Anybody in the supply chain or can be service provider that builds service for customer on top of, of this information in the supply, the supply chain. But we have also a strong focus due to our origin from IOTA being a German organization based in, uh, in Berlin, registered in Berlin, uh, where the automotive industry is quite, is quite uh, uh, well established. So our other focus is on, uh, let's say, automotive. And uh, the idea is there that uh, uh, automotive, the part supply chain, but as well, uh, we have different uh, work in monetizing person, uh, data from, from cars, uh, predictive maintenance on cars, all these sort of things, another area of, domain, uh, of expertise. And again, we work with the uh, manufacturer, we work as well with service provider in terms of connectivity, car, car connectivity, all these sort of uh, problem that can 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 arise and and, and the different uh, stakeholders work around this area and my specific domain of expertise area it's uh, i see the technology be more let's say an infrastructure component not building specific solution but be available for many other let's call uh, smart techs <laughs> domain yeah. can be smart cities can be smart manufacturing and my focus is actually to empower and create this infrastructure that is trusted that allow to break down silo uh, of data uh, with trust from uh, the creation of the data up to the consumption uh, and I mainly focus on the telecommunication industry because the telecommunication provider are both vertical operator that have their own service, their own data and voice service and their own problem that can be solved with blockchain. Think about uh, the roaming problem for instance, uh, it's very much time consuming exchanging of data, trusting of this data between two parties ledger in between can help to solve this problem, but they're also horizontal enabler for all this sort of connectivity issue across the whole supply chain or the whole uh, manufacturing chain, uh, all these sort of things. And they have to provide infrastructure, a trusted infrastructure where every device, IoT device, uh, has also to be trusted for the data generate, for the actuation that it takes. Uh, that's my focus, try to understand the problem with telecom operators, but also service provider on top of them, uh, of their infrastructure to build solutions that are trusted and, and uh, secure. Brilliant. That's excellent. My next question was going to be, what's your passion? And you've described your passion. And I feel the passion in the conversation. And it also senses a bit of Italian passion in there as well. I mean, what are the things that really make you jump out of bed in the morning? You think, you know what, woohoo, I can bring this, I can, I can solve this. Yeah, you you're absolutely right. <laughs> I don't think I mentioned before. I'm uh, yeah, I'm from Italy. Uh, yeah, I sort of give a hint when I said I work with uh, got my PhD in University of Rome, La Sapienza. Then I start uh, uh, looking around, and there were few options to to move around to continue my study. Uh, either in academia to find uh, my road to to industry, and that's when I, I moved to to England because I start to work in the University of Surrey as a uh, senior researcher, mainly focusing on the data side that I mentioned before, uh, especially because it was a good place, a good university that is actually 
is actually working on many projects that are industry-driven, uh, industry-led. So that was the right place at that time to start to jump and keep fits in both, in both areas. A bit of research in academia, but also do and try to solve real problems. And this is actually what makes me feel uh, wake up and my, my passion in the morning uh, is actually try to solve real problems. Uh, I was very much dedicated to research and create the fundamental research and technology that is being used now. As I said, wireless sensor network came much before Internet of Things with their own sort of problem. But then when the technology started to take up and be, and be available in the market, then the passion was to actually use for real problem. And especially when I moved to uh, work with IOTA and the IOTA Foundation and the blockchain, uh, it was the time where blockchain was proving a lot of value <laughs> in use case, POCs and things like this. Uh, and my passion was, okay, let's see in real world. Let's start to build real project. Let's start to go beyond that. So, and that's why my passion and, and the, the main way of working now, the, the main area of working is I mainly work on collaborative project. I bring not only one customer, but we try to bring uh, multiple uh, parties in the project as well. Blockchain to create trust and need them what we call a minimum viable ecosystem. They need a diverse uh, set of parties. Two parties, it's easy to make them trust each other. Three yeah. parties are be more difficult. Many is the, is the challenge. So I like to work, and this is my passion, to work on this kind of complex project where you have multiple parties, multiple data source, multiple parties that have to share data, that have to trust each other for a real world needs and real world problem and move beyond the POCs. So POCs are good, proof of concept are good, but my passion is really see product out there that solve a real, a real problem, a real need from the market. So yeah. that, that's that my, my main passion these days. And that's why academia was satisfying in terms of research. It was good to have publication, to have paper out there uh, with your name, present to yeah. conference. Yeah. But it was really the time to, to see things uh, deploy in real world and, and, and generate some value for who is actually using them. Brilliant. I love it. I love that. The idea of uh, this is one of the interesting things about people in academia. Sometimes they want to stick in research and pure research. But I, I hear that passion, that Italian passion of wanting to bring it to life. You know, I love Italian passion. Coming on to your leadership now, how would you how do you roll as a leader? What, what's the what's your leadership style and what, what hasn't worked in the past and what has worked? In the past, I think, uh, yeah, the top down is, is always very, very difficult to, to establish. Uh, I prefer to be much more uh, on the same level of, of, of the people that work together, uh, especially our team are very much, uh, let's say, a whole flat, you know, hierarchy in, in between. Uh, we tend to be always in the same uh, team, all sharing the, the, the same uh, needs and also the same uh, frustration. Uh, there is no, okay, that's your problem, you solve it. So I really like to, to work course in small teams internally and of course a bigger team externally when we have to collaborate with other partners but keep all at the same level all working together all sharing the challenge all be able to contribute to somebody else's problem and try to solve somebody else's problem so uh, this approach I always said uh, again when I was in, in academia I always uh, worked with students uh, being supervisor but wasn't like the supervisor okay let's say bring me the result, give me the result, and then uh, uh, we publish the paper. I always uh, keen to solve the problem, put my hands dirty and try to solve the problem together. So it's the same that I'm doing uh, these days. So these days, 
as well. I am more, let's say, on the business side, but I still try to, to keep an eye uh, on not only creating the project, but also deliver the project and try to see what the architecture looks like, try to test the tool that the team developed to see how, from a user perspective, they look like. And not, even when I'm not necessarily involved into the code, nitty-gritty code, I want to understand, I want to see, okay, that's usable or it's not usable, uh, understand the documentation, understand the documentation. So in principle, let's say, remove as much as possible the hierarchy and try to be everybody, a big team, everybody with its own skill and expertise that uh, we can leverage each other, but without establishing two strict boundaries between us. So here's a sticky question for you then. So sometimes when you've got lots of people and you have that flat organization, sometimes there's a challenge around getting direction because everybody's got an opinion. Everybody knows which way. But the problem is, is that we're all going different directions. You know, like kittens, you know, they want to go and do their own thing. How do you deal with that? Yeah, that's actually, <laughs> that's actually a, 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 a very a very tricky point. So yeah, we always try to to reasonably uh, achieve our common understanding. But yeah, you are right. It's easy to divert, and uh, yeah, it's not easy to to always find find the same the same positive, let's say, or the same uh, way uh, direct uh, direction altogether. So. Uh, for that, at some point, yes, we have to step up a bit with uh, some authority. But still, uh, I I think to, to be this a process rather than uh, an action that comes from the top. So yeah. still, uh, I never like to take, uh, okay, I listen everybody, everybody is wrong, or this is the final direction. I always try to go and embark in this process of try to, okay, yeah, let's try try to realign all the different opinion and uh, and see where where are actually the problems so it's time sometimes it's time consuming but i think on the long term if a team can work together can understand each other then the result definitely uh, comes together it comes together in a way that is actually uh, Useful, useful for 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 everybody, rather than uh, try to patch it up and make the other uh, the other part of the team uh, happy. Especially when I think outside of my team and go and work with the the partners that uh, I said uh, we usually do project together. It's mainly again, it's not working as a consultancy. We don't get the project uh, requirement. We develop the project. We mainly work through this process, and in that way, there is common understanding. You. Uh, work on getting all on the same page, even if it's time consuming, it takes more time, but it will be much more easy to say, okay, we listen everybody, this is the direction. Uh, try to create that kind of glue, that kind of uh, uh, working together feeling and all understanding at some point what is the right direction. I think it will pay out uh, in the long term. Yes, excellent. And now kind of segueing into, uh, you know, from your leadership to creating what we refer to here as high performing teams or powerhouses of creativity and customer-centric productivity. How do you kind of go about doing that then? So you've got your leadership, you've got quite a flat structure. Are there any other tricks that you can share with other tech leaders out there of how you create that high-performing team? I don't like to work by the hours. I prefer to work by the task. And that's my way. And this also saw me that in COVID and remote working, I think is the best way of working. So yes. yeah. get a team that is passionate about, first of all, so not just get a team that <laughs> or people that are task driven, let's say, say, OK, yeah, I need to work this number of hours. I need to do this. First of all, they need to understand the technology, have passion for this technology. And secondly, to see the results more than uh, to stack the amount of power that they are requested. Yes, to I totally yeah. agree. That's an area that I'm particularly passionate as well. 
uh, about, which is um, it's outcomes. I don't really care how many hours you did. You could do 60 hours. You could do 10 hours as long yeah. as you get the outcomes, you know, and it's the quality of those outcomes. Exactly. And uh, and do you, on that front, then, do you struggle with uh, some maybe other areas of the kind of business, uh, maybe the CEO or other partners within the organization where they have an idea of people should be doing the hours and, and you're saying, well, actually, I'm just interested in the outcomes. Do you, is there a contention around that sometimes? I must say that uh, in this environment, I'm quite lucky. <laughs> in previous, uh, I, I don't want to say about previous job, but uh, it was also before COVID and kicking. But I think in that, I think uh, it was more the presence rather than <laughs> the result that was uh, yeah was appreciated, and in some, in some case also not uh, not in the right way because sometimes it was a useless, useless presence. So yeah. I would say, but. Not touching that before, I would say that uh, I am lucky uh, because it's pretty much a shared, uh, let's say, vision in, the, in, the, in this company now. So we grow uh, from a decentralized team from the beginning. So we grow already with that kind of uh, mentality that it's the result, it's the passion that drive us rather than the, the commitment to, to some of that. Yeah. Magic words to my ears, Michele. I love that. I think. Uh, in this job, uh, uh, we are quite lucky because, to be honest, the way we we have to establish ourselves uh, was a young organization. We start from uh, uh, a technology that was in on paper. Then somebody developed the technology. We raised some money at the very beginning. It was not a very structured organization, so we went through a process that we have to be agile from from day zero, and we have to organize ourselves. We have to find people uh, where are the talents, not where are our offices. We didn't have any office, so from the, that time we need to we already had uh, the need to create a mentality of trust. <laughs> not only trust we develop with our technology, but trust uh, on the way we build our technology and we work with people. So the team was always very agile, uh, very much driven by. Uh, the commitment, not the commitment, uh, sorry, not the commitment to the hour, to the working hours, but commitment to the results. All of the people were passionate about the technology, were passionate about delivering and working driven by uh, task and see the technology being used, the technology mature, the technology be one of the top technology uh, in the world, in their field, uh, was what make, make made much easier to uh, lead people or to work with people without being there and try to chase them and try to get them to the number of hours they require, to the work that they require to do, but mainly ask them to deliver their uh, their task and see uh, and see uh, what what is the result. So that was uh, very well established from the beginning. I was I was very 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 lucky to join <laughs> a company with that kind of mentality at that point in time where. Uh, things were changing a bit already before we were forced by the, 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 the pandemic and the COVID to try to see we have to build a team, not uh, where we have the, the team or the office, but where there is people that can guarantee the passion for the project itself. Love it. It sounds like a fantastic company. You know, I guess this is going to a lesson or a reflection for other tech leaders out there about, you know, you, if you create the culture right, people just love coming to work. I, I've been fortunate as well working for, in fact, the company I work for right now, IT Labs, it's a company that, you know, we get up and we we, we look forward to kind of meeting colleagues and delivering great work together. You know, there's there's no kind of heaviness. Uh, so yeah, an inspiration for other tech leaders out there. Yeah, it's the same, it's the same for us. And I experienced that as well. So it's not always up <laughs> there yeah. might be also some downs <laughs> there might be time in which you feel uh like okay yeah wait a minute i don't feel much uh committed to do this because i don't see the results i don't see where we are going 
it ha- it can happen. It happened to me as well. Yeah. But having uh, not the pressure from a higher role uh, in, in, in my company or somebody chasing me and uh, forcing you but keeping you free uh, within certain boundaries, of course. I mean, you yeah. cannot disappear and uh, but feel a bit less uh, involved uh, because time, maybe personal issue, uh, doesn't make you <laughs> uh, different, or doesn't make you uh, somebody to uh, look after and to, to keep an eye on. So this kind of feeling of feel of being freedom, but also being empowered then uh, when you, you feel the passion to go back and then work 10 hours, 12 hours, 15 hours a day, uh, and not need to compensate the one that you work six hours, you were less productive. So I think that that's something that was, uh, yeah, it's great. And uh, I think that should be the way. So <laughs> and, and, and luckily in our job where we have a lot of tasks and results that can be touched and more than yet yeah, doing a repetitive job. So we have this, this kind of freedom and this kind of luck as well. So that should be the way forward. Yeah, brilliant. I love the power of empowerment, you know, because it is a power, you know, to, to yeah. empower people and, and unleash them, you know. Engineering challenges. What engineering challenges are you facing in your 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 business or your market? It's an emerging technology, definitely. And uh, <laughs> there is not more uh, much expertise out there. So and most of the of the challenging are uh, uh, related to understanding the technology and uh, First of all, what we when we are looking now for engineer uh, in, in the team, it's not easy to find somebody that's already experienced. So you see somewhere uh, people that request uh, uh, 20 years experience for a technology is only 10 years old, for instance. <laughs> we, 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 we would love to do that, but we can't do that, of course, and we can't expect much. So we have to, of course, look uh, better uh, from an holistic point of view from a candidate so try to go down to what actually we need from a candidate we can't request experience in our technology technology specific uh, is evolving as well so we will hardly find somebody that is uh, already expert in the technology we need to look to the basic we need to look to the programming skills that he has to the programming language that you know or also its uh, ability to be open to learn because most of the software engineer most of the developer uh, they build their own career they uh, top class developer with their code skill in some language and some some of them maybe they don't want even sh- uh, shift to another language or to learn something else so that kind of flexibility is something that uh, is a challenge but we, we we look for and we can find and when we find that we are sure we find the right candidate so we expect that somebody will learn will grow in the role will grow together with us and the technology because technology is also growing uh, we don't expect perfect candidate so we need to somehow wait for some settleback time of things like this but the ability to be flexible and grow and continue to learn uh, all time is a challenge to find but when we find the right candidate then it's uh is the way forward especially for this emerging technology like the one we're working on I love that bit where you said about, you know, uh, like, for example, industry's only been around for five years and they want 20 years of experience. I just yeah. find that absolutely comical. <laughs> yeah, I- yeah, I saw a few of them on LinkedIn, <laughs> actually quite often. And uh, and this is also why we tend to do this. I work with a team. We understand that we write the job description together. So we can't ask to somebody that is not fully immersed in the technology, yeah. uh, write a job description. So we have to do ourselves we, and we have to look forward. We have to see today we are developing in, in Rust. We start developing in JavaScript. So mm-hmm. maybe tomorrow we use another language. So we need to keep that freedom. We need to know, we need to, yeah. uh, yes, to be uh, forward looking as well. 
Here's a fun question for you, or rather not a fun question for you. What keeps you up at night? What's the thing that stresses you out as a tech leader? Well, like I said before, we want to really move, and that's my my passion, and that's what uh, I'm doing in, in my role. As I said, the company itself, Foundation, is building the ledger. Our main target is to be the best ledger, at least for this kind of scenario, high volume, high uh, velocity for data and IoT data, scalability, and that's the, the role of uh, uh, the core research and engineering team. Uh, the team I work is the one that builds solution and product on top of that. And as I said, we want to go and we want to move toward real world uh, solution that are out there in the market. But we are <laughs> basically working on a technology that is actually distributed, decentralized. Uh, governance of this technology is much more difficult and complex of uh, having a centralized system uh, that is run in some uh, some server under control of, a, of an entity of an organization. So also the risk and the liability uh, that comes with the solution that you build on top of this technology is very high, especially because some of the technology manage data, very much uh, data that are confidential, uh, important data, uh, all manage also payment. So <laughs> what yeah. keeps us, up, us and me uh, uh, awake at night is to deliver the best solution and to deliver a solution that is also well thought uh, overall we are very careful with the uh, security aspect of the solution with the privacy aspect of how we use uh, and we share data all these sort of things need to be uh, done in the proper way so we have a work now our ambition is to change and make more secure uh, e-commerce uh, ecosystem so the way e-commerce uh, business uh, collect data about customer uh, how they collect payments how they ver verify customers all these sort of things are very risky for small and medium enterprise we are building a platform that take the burden up out of out of them with, with, with a product called insuresec but we bring the risk into the platform now yes. but we have to do this right, so we want to do this right and uh, be sure that we are doing this without breaking uh, any rule and uh, that's what keeps me uh, up at night. So we are working in a very sensitive <laughs> environment, uh, we can make an impact, we can make a difference, but we need to be careful. So, yeah. And that's the, that's the, the, the feeling. So yeah. we, are, we are there, but we need to be always uh, careful, never uh, lower our, uh, our expectation our, or our standards. I wish for you and your company to solve that problem with ease, okay? And in fact, this brings me on to uh, a, a fun part of the podcast where I'm going to pretend to be a genie for a second, okay? And I'm going to offer you a wish, a tech wish. What would that wish be? Yeah, that one will be <laughs> a, 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 some help somehow to, to balance a bit the, the workload between, uh, uh, yeah, work and life and life balance. Uh, these days... Uh, Technology is pervasive. Uh, as I said, we were already working in a centralized way uh, from home remotely. Uh, now everybody is even forced to do it with the lockdown that probably is easing now, but uh, we had to change a lot of our lives, lifestyle. And we're always on, always connected, uh, always there is a message, always there is uh, a request from everybody that uh, uh, is in your team or in, even your company. Now you are much more accessible than you were you were before. Uh, the opportunity to be able <laughs> and have really a, a, a genius or a, a personal assistant, but is smart and clever. Uh, AI is going that direction, but uh, yeah. it need to be even more more clever. Uh, that filters you from from some what is actually distraction and what actually is uh, uh, let's say productivity. Uh, 
that's, that's a very fine boundaries. And these days it's even more difficult to, to, to define to the, and to define to, to hyper-connectivity uh, ability that everybody can access us. So yeah. in, the, in the past was much, much easier when you were supposed to go to office so you can hide in your office or, uh, uh, yeah, it was much more, much more yeah. easier because the fact that you are there and people can look for you uh, it might happen or not happen. Now <laughs> you are just a click of a, of a button, sending a message. Always on. Exactly, and that's Always very, on, yeah. very difficult. And I tend to to say that we can be busy, but we need to be productive. So, <laughs> and uh, most of the things that keep us busy maybe don't keep us productive. So we, that's what I, I hope uh, to have that. Uh, let's say genie or that uh, uh, wish lamp, uh, Aladdin lamp, that will let me to say, <laughs> okay, is this is this busy? Yes. Or is this productivity? Yeah. That would be great. Just imagine an AI that would do that for you. You know, just say, move along, just keep moving. You know, forget that. You know, and and what yeah. have you. But that'd be great. Uh, reminds me of a film. Uh, I think it's called Her, and it's about where the OS OS has a has a personality and actually the, the guy falls in love with the with the operating system which is uh, an interesting concept but um yeah, exactly and uh, yeah, yeah and going back to the ai i think we tend to to, to have ai that replace uh, us for uh, for some of our tasks uh, but i think i wouldn't mind to do my task but the ai that can perhaps put together all the possible combination and possibility of what happened if I do the task and, and <laughs> give me the right advice, yeah. this will have a better outcome than the other. Maybe that's where I would use AI. I don't want him to do my job, <laughs> but yes. to be a best advisor for is, my is, time. Is, is, is augmenting, it's augmenting your work, you know? Uh, augmenting rather than complementing. Yes. The other will complement. We'll do something that I don't want to do it. But maybe some of some of these things are not even for the AI to do it. So, yeah, uh, but right. augmenting, yes, yes, exactly. Working as, as a team and tell me what is good to do and what is not. I think that bring that will bring value. I didn't see. Okay, there are filter for your email and things like this that can help you with that. But I think, uh, yeah, they, they need to be a bit more clever. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, I'll see what I can do there. Any books that you recommend, uh, or you know, books that have kind of made a difference to you in your journey? I have always uh, sort of, let's say, uh, of course, entrepreneurship yeah. <laughs> uh, expectation, uh, entrepreneur expectation. So I always uh, look uh, from having my own business as well and things like this. Uh, I think at some point it will happen, <laughs> but yeah. I don't know what what I'm building. As I said, now already. Uh, I want to build solution that stands in the real world, and then uh, what this solution uh, uh, will deliver, uh, how this solution will maintain. So that might might change in the future, might change also my way uh, of being involved uh, involving them. So I mainly read about yes, I try to be more entrepreneurial. And one book I can uh, recommend is from an Italian guy, but lives in in Brighton in Ita uh, in England. Uh, it's called uh, Tutto Montemagno, and Montemagno, uh, Marco Montemagno is an author from Italy, he starts many different uh, new business, new activities, uh, and gives uh, tips on actually what we discuss now, where it's good to focus, what is good to uh, to put your, your effort in, uh, based also on uh, not only doing things for the passion, first of all, but also based on uh, what you can learn, what you need to learn, what are the tools for achieving your goals. So I recommend to, to read this book, and uh, yeah, but many other, uh, I like to know about technology, other source of information for me are, uh, of course, internet, I find very, very interesting uh, and good, uh, is growing a lot. 
medium, reading blog posts on medium, yes. especially uh, recommended one, good ones on technology from a, a very well uh, follow author. Uh, so they become much more, uh, let's say, uh, accessible now than before. So all this kind of knowledge is much more uh, better delivered than go to book that, uh, yes, something in the book, especially when you talk about technology might be useful, but the rest maybe uh, is not useful for, for, your, for yourself uh, uh, in particular. So. Uh, me, uh, blog posts are a very good uh, way of, of, of developing my, my, my knowledge on, on new topics. So that's where I, where I spend most of the time. And also myself like to communicate and write a blog post to communicate about the advancement of our work. Uh, so that's also, uh, I used to move from um, article in conference and publication and journal from my academic career. I still have that passion of seeing the result of a work published and be uh, fruitful by, by, by many outside. And uh, yeah, that's not happening anymore because I'm outside of an academic context. I still possibly do something with some old collaboration, but again, I like to communicate a medium, for instance, uh, or blog post in general is a, is a good way to, to share yeah, that knowledge. I like it, that's great. And um, as we come towards the end of our time together, unfortunately, McKelly, What's the one key takeaway that you'd like to leave for tech leaders out there? What's the one gift to the men and women leading as we speak? Never stop to <laughs> uh, innovate, but also challenge yourself. I challenge myself uh, a lot because again, it was a natural progress, but every time I had to learn something and I really want to go deep and become the thought leader uh, for that technology. So I start from uh, whatever was uh, before IoT, now they call Internet of Things, and then it came, and then I focus on that. So now I'm working on distributed ledger, and I had my uh, progress as well uh, inside that. I start to be, let's say, the technical analyst understanding the technology, but also never stop to focus on how the technology can bring value, uh, not only from a technical point of view, but from a business point of view. And now we are, I'm actually doing this in solving this problem and building solution for real problem. And that's why I didn't like to, like we discussed before, like to classify myself too much into a box and <laughs> be comfortable in that box. So the comfort zone in the technology uh, domain, I don't think exists anymore. Or if you are, want, if you look for your comfort zone in the technology domain, technology sector, uh, you might get bored very soon. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you might not enjoy your work as, as you should uh, to make it nice because work anyway will accompany us for the most of our of our life. So the best way is not, never stop to innovate and challenge yourself uh, to learn new things and to, to get passionate about uh, new technology. Brilliant. Thank you for your time, Michele. I've really enjoyed our conversation. There's lots of inspiration in there as well. And uh, thank you for your time. Well, thanks to you and hopefully uh, I hope uh, this will be interesting also for our uh, uh, listener and uh, yeah it was very pleasant pleasant for me as well uh, I really enjoyed that thank you well another tech leader with a colorful journey and a convergence of their passions and skills I love that about Mikhail's academic work passion and skills conversion to create the work he is doing now an agile continuous learning journey and for Mikhail it's about turning his passions into real business tools and solutions, not just proof of concepts and academic papers and ideas. It's got to be real in the real world. So what were your key takeaways? These were mine. Number one, from a leadership perspective, Mikel's mention of the flatness of organisations, the benefits it brings, was wonderful to hear. Bringing more dialogue, interactions and collaborations among equals, leveraging each other's strengths. 
And of course, there is still the need for leadership to align, inspire and to remind us about the work at hand and where we are heading. A kind of gentle authority, making sure that we are flowing in the right direction. My second key takeaway is about the minimal viable ecosystems allowing businesses to start their journey into using IOTA's innovations. The thin wedge of the ramp to get businesses on board and demonstrate the potential of their solutions. I love that term, minimal viable ecosystems. My third and final key takeaway is around Mikhail's wish to get those work-life balances. That really resonated with me. Work is important and it is an enabler to many of our life's needs, but it's not our life. Be mindful of the always on, always connected environments that we live in. Make sure that they don't create those rabbit holes that causes us to miss out on the other important things in life. This is a great reminder for me as I fall asleep often into old habits and get lost in the infinite game of business tasks. So thank you, Mikel. Thank you for your time. And well done to IOTA Foundation for the work you are doing on your distributed ledger and cryptocurrency for the Internet of Things. Mikel, may your passions keep converging and cross-pollinate into your teams, colleagues and organisations you work in. Much gratitude for your time, sir. Thank you. And finally, remember to subscribe to CTO Confessions podcast and IT Labs newsletter, where you get regular tech articles and invites to the IT Labs webinar series. URLs for this can be found at the bottom of this page. We are consistently creating material to create, nurture and support a community of tech leaders. And of course, if you want to know more about IT Lab services, including our Teams as a Service service, please don't hesitate to get in touch. As mentioned in the intro, please think of us like tech leaders' favourite off-the-shelf service, providing agility, high-performing teams off that shelf with a wide breadth of skill and knowledge. Well, that's all, folks. Look after each other and keep safe. Wishing you all a good day or evening, wherever you are in the world, from all of us here at IT Labs. Live long, live well and prosper. Until we meet again on the next CTO Confessions podcast.